Hi everyone, it's Melissa Pemberton here, host of Mending Families, where we will talk all things parenting, trauma, and healing. Okay friends, I need your help with something. My heart is really to get the information about parenting from a different perspective, understanding how trauma can play into how we parent and how we can help our kids heal by using a connected parenting approach. I believe that this is so important for our future generations to understand and to experience as kids. And so I need your help getting the word out about my podcast. And there's three ways you can do that. The first way is that you can tell your friend about this podcast. If you just go into the podcast, open it up, there's a little share button. Click that button and share with all your friends, families, neighbors, sisters, cousins, everyone. The more people that you can tell about this podcast, the better. The second way to get the word out there is by giving me a review or a rating. That is another way that Apple Podcasts in particular will bump up how often my podcast podcast will appear on people's possible listen to list. And the third way is just word of mouth. If you subscribe, hit the subscribe button every week when I drop a new episode, it will come right into your feed and you listen and you're going to get good information because that is what I'm all about. And so when you listen to that good information, if you can just tell your people, maybe they don't have the ability to listen to podcasts. Well, guess what? It's all on my website. So you can direct them to my website, www.mendingfamilieswa.com, and you will be able to listen to all my podcasts that I've ever dropped, as well as get access to all of the show notes, which has so much important information as well. Do me a solid and help me get the word out about this podcast. Thank you so much. And I am so glad that you are here with me every week. On today's episode, Lisa Qualls joins us and she talks about how she was able to work with Dr. Karen Purvis to write the book, The Connected Parent, how she met Melissa Corkum and the journey that they have been on together with their podcast and the resources that they offer, and now their book, Reclaim Compassion. I definitely can relate to the concept of blocked care, which Lisa talks more about in this episode, and that is one of the reasons that I wanted her to come on and share with you all some of the resources that she has used herself over the years and how her and Melissa Corkum really have a heart to reach those of us who are struggling with wanting to continue parenting, those of us who are just tired, those of us who maybe have lost the heart and the compassion for our kids who have come from hard stuff. Get your cup of coffee or your tea or your refresher from Starbucks, put in some AirPods, and join us as we talk about reclaiming our compassion. Okay. Welcome, Lisa. It is so good to see you. Well, it's so nice to see you too. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but um, I want to say this was nine or 10 years ago. I met you at a conference here in Spokane. I was a speaker, I think, 
because uh, there was years where I just attended and years where I was a speaker and I think I was a speaker. Anyway, I met you, me and my husband met you. And I just remember thinking like, I want to be her friend. <laughs> oh, that is so sweet. Yeah. Gosh, it's been years and years. You're right. Yeah, since we did a conference in Spokane. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, I feel like I've known you for a really long time, even though we only met that one time. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. It, anyway, so it's so good to see you again. And I'm glad that you are here to talk about all the things. So yeah, if you're ready, let's just jump right in, shall we? Let's let's jump okay. in. Okay. Yes. Um, so I am a TBRI practitioner also. And so when you released your book, The Connected Parent, co-authored with Karen Purvis, I was like, oh my gosh, like that is the coolest thing ever. And so this is just like me wanting to know, like, was Karen really like was she just like the best? She was. She yeah. really was. She was such a gift. And, you know, it's not that she and I got to spend a lot of time in person together. You know, we uh -huh. worked on the book, but I just had this incredible opportunity to spend some time with her when I was speaking with Empowered to Connect. This is way, way back. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. I think, um, I think she and I met in maybe 2011 okay. and um, I was writing for Empowered to Connect and speaking with them and I wasn't able to do it for a long period of time. I don't mm -hmm. remember how many conferences I did, but the travel was just too hard for my mm -hmm. family because everything mm -hmm. was so far away. You know, I live mm -hmm. in North Idaho. I live near you mm -hmm. yeah. and the conferences were in Nashville and yeah. Dallas. They're and, not you know, here. They're not over no. here. <laughs> no, but during that time I got to meet her and you know, I absolutely love, you know, the connected child. And I love books by Deborah Gray and all these mm -hmm. wonderful, amazing professionals. Mm -hmm. But what I was experiencing, especially through writing my blog and engaging with so many adoptive parents was that sometimes things were put forth to us that we were supposed to be able to do, but really nobody really understood what my life was like or what yeah. my family was like and Behind how, doors. What, yeah. yeah, whether I would mm -hmm. actually be able to do the things they were asking me to do. And I thought, mm -hmm. wouldn't it be great if there could be a book that bridged the gap between professional and parent mm -hmm. theory and down in the dirt practice, you know? Mm -hmm. So I had this idea and I was having breakfast with Karen one morning before the conference and I asked her what she thought. And she said, yeah, let's do it. Oh my <laughs> I gosh. Was, I was like, really? You really want to do it? Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Cause you know, yeah. big deal. Because it's Karen Purvis. <laughs> it's Karen Purvis. And I was just like a blogger and a mom and, you know, so we started writing in 2012 and oh I'm telling you, it was a long and yeah. slow process. I mean, yeah. both from the writing perspective of, I had to learn how to write a book proposal. Right. I mean, and that took about a year yeah. for me to, like, I had a publisher helping me and they said, read these books, mm -hmm. here's some samples, write this book proposal. And then um, after that, Karen and I really started writing just one chapter at a time. You know, mm -hmm. I would, I sort of laid out the whole structure of the book and the chapters and chapter titles, and then we would just take it a chapter at a time. But in that time, she also was diagnosed with cancer yeah, yeah. for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I was just in the thick of the hardest mm -hmm. of the hard with some of mm -hmm. our kids. Mm -hmm. And so it was slow going and we would sometimes go months without working on Doing it. Doing anything. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, you know, we'd pick up again and we'd get going again. And then we were in a really terrible car accident. We lost mm -hmm. our daughter, one of our adopted daughters. Mm -hmm. And I remember at that point thinking, this is it. I'm ne we're never going to finish yeah. the book. 
Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'll ever be able to write again. Yeah. I mean, it really felt like it was over. And what I yeah. felt like God just put in my heart is no, it's not over it's and over. really do it for Calcedon, finish mm -hmm. this book. Mm -hmm. And so I emailed Karen and I said, okay, I think we should finish. We started back in and her cancer came back. So it oh. was just, this was truly um, a labor of perseverance. Yeah. And, fortitude yeah. and, and just God's grace altogether. And so mm -hmm. we actually got it substantially done before she passed away. And she was working on it up till very near mm -hmm. the end of her oh life. My gosh! So we were able to finish it with um, her assistant was able to pull things that she had spoken and written and just fill in some of the gaps. Yeah. And we were able to release it. Her family supported it. I mean, yeah. I know I'm spending a long time talking about this, but honestly, it was so much more yeah. than what I'm even sharing. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was a big, big, big process, but we got it done. And I feel very honored yeah. to have shepherded her last written work to the yeah. world. And I also feel a great sense of responsibility. Right. You know, like I don't take it lightly at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just can't even imagine how that must feel for you to be like, Karen, this is Karen Purvis. Yeah. She is a big deal. And to have your name on a, that you've co-authored with her. Yeah. And this is like, she's, she's a living legacy for all of us. And now it's like Lisa Qualls is attached to that. How does well, that feel <laughs> for you? It feels amazing and a little bit um, unreal. Like, yeah. Like maybe I didn't really deserve it. Like Aww. maybe someone else should have done it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's yeah. this part of me that feels, yeah, I don't, I don't know quite how to describe it. I know there are so many people who worked closely with her and knew her far, far better than me, mm. but I think it was the Lord. I just yeah. do. I mean, yeah. it couldn't have happened any other way for mm -hmm. this book to have been written. And, and it's of course a huge blessing to me because it's given me more opportunities with speaking and writing. And now mm -hmm. I have another book out. And yeah. so um, it's been a real gift. Yeah. So for, for our listeners who are just hearing about this book, can you tell us how, what's the format? Like I've read it before. And so, and I loved it. I, and honestly too, I love that it's an easy read. It's not yes. one that like the body keeps the score where you're like, Oh gosh, I'm in this for, right. Um, right. I love that it is an easy read, but can you tell our listeners what is, what kind of a read is it? What can they expect? Yeah. Well, the whole title is The Connected Parent, Real Life Strategies for Building Trust and Attachment. And we wrote it to be very um, clear. And mm -hmm. I personally feel it is a better introduction to connected parenting and TBRI than the connected child. I feel like mm -hmm. if you read the connected parent, you get a sweeping sort of view of the key points of TBRI and you get a parent's perspective in addition yeah. to Dr. Purvis. And um, and then I think if you want to go deeper, the connected child is a great next step. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's a, a really great introduction. And the way we wrote it was um in in some different parts, but basically we gave uh, an overview of attachment. What is attachment? Mm -hmm. We um explained what connected parenting was. We had a whole chapter on teens, which doesn't exist in mm. the first in connected yeah. child. We that piece about, definitely was, I, I appreciated that that piece yeah. was in the connected parent for sure. Yeah. 
The other thing we added that wasn't in the connected child is we added some things on understanding ourselves and our mm -hmm. own attachment style and how we grew up and how that informs how we parent and how we can heal some of those wounds as well. Yeah. So, and then, and then I go into a whole part or we go into a whole part where we talk about strategies, like mm -hmm. simplifying with scripts, you know, nurturing to heal just all kinds of different simple chapters. And I tell each chapter I open with a story from my own mm -hmm. family. And then Dr. Purvis talks about why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then I close with another story. So it's very, it's very story rich. It's very um, real because mm -hmm. I am yeah. very far from being a perfect parent. Mm -hmm. And I certainly make lots of mistakes. And I, and I talk about that in the book as well. Mm -hmm. Which I appreciate because I think that that is the misconception is that, you know, the parents who are doing connected parenting and the parents who know TBRI and have it all together, they're, they do it right every single time. And it's like, no, nobody is perfect. And actually the imperfections of parenting are what helps our kids grow and learn and become better people. <laughs> so yeah. it's okay yeah. to not be perfect. It's better for all of us. Um, but I do yeah. appreciate that. I appreciate that you're honest about that. Um, even, even back in your blogging days of, mm -hmm. you know, just, and I think I heard you talk about this, I think on Robin Goebel's podcast, where you talked about the, the posts that you made about somebody asking, what if I don't like my kid mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how that feels like it should be a controversial thing. But the reality is it's what a lot of us are feeling and that's not bad. And mm -hmm. I think I've even heard Karen Purvis in different training videos say that like, you may not like your child, mm -hmm. but <laughs> mm -hmm. like you love them. And so let's, right. right. So I appreciated that double perspective of let's hear from this brilliant Karen Purvis, but then also like hear what's really happening in mm -hmm. families and in your family so that we can see this is how it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do remember thinking when I read the connected child and I read about using scripts and I remember thinking, but what does it actually sound like? How do you yeah. actually say it or, or teaching respect? And I just, I wanted someone to really explain how they did it. Yeah. And so that's what I did in the book is I tried to really uh, walk alongside parents mm -hmm. as a fellow parent mm -hmm. and help them you know, understand what to do. And really we just do it to the best of our ability. I was just with a group of adoptive moms last weekend and I was talking about the power of repair. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all mess up as parents, all of us. Mm -hmm. And like you said, the good thing about that is it gives us an opportunity to show our children how to repair when mm -hmm. we have made a mistake, when we've done something wrong. And, you know, I have to apologize to my kids. I do re regularly, mm -hmm. you yeah, know, about, yeah. you know, that really wasn't the best way for me to handle that or my own fear got in the way. And I'm really sorry mm -hmm. about that. And, and I came across as mad and, and, you know, I, I told these women the story that there was a day I took my boys to school and I don't remember at all what was happening. I remember they were in middle school, but something was going wrong in the morning. Probably mm -hmm. we were running late because somebody yeah. <laughs> couldn't find something. And we got to school and there had been tension and harsh mm. words and they got out of the car and my stomach just sank. And I thought, I really don't feel good about this, mm. but they were in school. 
Yeah. I drove home and I thought, you know what? After school, I'll get a chance to talk to them. But my spirit was mm-hmm. so disturbed and unsettled that I actually wrote them each a note. I drove back to the school oh. and I asked the school secretary to drop it off because mm-hmm. I couldn't let the whole day go by without saying, you know, I'm really sorry for the way I spoke to you. That yeah. that was not good. It wasn't loving. And I hope you'll forgive me and we'll do better next time, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that's something I hope my kids can learn how to do. Yeah. It's so important too. And Mm -hmm. we want our kids to be successful adults that know how to be in relationship Mm -hmm. that don't just see a, you know, a disagreement as, okay, I'm throwing in the towel. I'm done. I'm walking away, but like, no, Mm -hmm. let's work through this. Let's see what I did wrong and how can I do better and, Mm -hmm. you know, have a conversation. So yeah, it's so good. Now you, you wrote this book and now you have a podcast and now you have, you know, this community that you're building with Melissa Corkum and Mm -hmm. the, you know, all Mm -hmm. of those resources. Um, And so how I'm curious, because I don't, maybe I've heard and I just don't remember, but how did you and Melissa connect? Well, that's really a funny story. I don't know. I, as I'm telling these stories, I'm realizing, wow, God has really opened some amazing doors for me. <laughs> um, so also way back, Melissa had a podcast that she had started and she had me on as a guest. And I just casually said to her, you know, I love the idea of a podcast, but I would never know how to do the tech part. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just beyond me. I, I wouldn't even want to try to figure it out, you know? So she reached out to me probably, you know, not that much after that interview. And she said, you know, I was thinking about what you said. And she said, the podcast I started isn't quite what I want. And I'm thinking maybe I would like to do a more adoption specific podcast. And I wonder if you'd like to co-host with me. Mm. We did not even know each other. Like okay. we had spent a curious, very yeah. short mm-hmm. time. We'd never met in person. Okay. And I said, well, that seems like that would be great. Mm-hmm. But of course, you don't only have a podcast. To have a podcast, we had to have a website. Mm-hmm. And then to have the website, and you know, it's like if you give a mouse a cookie, it just yeah. sort of grew oh, and grew. Yeah. <laughs> and I had started a, a community for adoptive moms. And so anyhow, eventually we both had our separate things that we were doing in the adoption world. And yeah. eventually we brought it all under one umbrella of the adoption connection. Okay. So we okay. co-founded that together. We have been doing the podcast now, yeah, I guess three years, and yeah. um, we've created courses, and yeah. we recently wrote a book together, Yeah. So, and we speak together and do all kinds of things. And you know what's one of our unique factors, I think, is that together we comprise the entire triad. Yeah, I love So that. we're both adoptive moms. She's mm-hmm. an adoptee, and I'm a first or birth mom. Mm-hmm. And so I think that gives us a really um, unique uniquely yeah. balanced perspective, perspective. Mm-hmm. on adoption. And, and I'm really thankful for that. We also did not meet in person until we had been working together for probably, I think it was nearly a year. No. That's yes. Awesome. It was hilarious. Well, she lives in Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. And I live yeah. in North Idaho, you know, yeah. <laughs> we're very, very different. I'm nearly 20 years older than she is. And she's super techie and I'm all words, yeah. you know, so well, in you know COVID, that, you put COVID in there. COVID, yeah. <laughs> and if you know the Enneagram at all, mm-hmm. she is yeah. a seven and in the heart triad and I'm okay. or in the head triad. So she's okay. thinking, thinking, I'm in the heart triad. I'm much more feeling oriented. So when we have conversations, you'll hear me say things like, well, I feel, and she'll say, yeah. well, I think, I think, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's so well, you guys different definitely- and it's good. 
Yeah, but you definitely balance each other out. And I appreciate, mm-hmm. I've listened to your podcast from, the, from jump. So, um, so, but I do appreciate that you both are the hosts because you mm-hmm. both bring your own perspectives, but it's very balancing. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. um, so that's, that's something that I think is unique that you guys can give to all of us parents. Um, and yeah. you, you talk about like, even with the connected parent, you know, we've kind of talked about like adoption and stuff, but I just want to be clear. I think that your content, your books, your writing, all of it is for everyone. Yes. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I almost wish we didn't have such a, an adoption specific description on the back of the connected parent, mm-hmm. because really, I mean, when Russ and I learned TBRI and we both became practitioners in 2011, which it's kind of funny because I mean, Russ is an engineering professor. So, yeah, but, yeah. but Dr. Purvis was like, yeah, no, he should come along with you. Yep. We both did it together. And I remember we just looked at each other and, and thought, wow, we wish we'd known how to parent like this all along, mm-hmm. you know, cause we yeah. had already parented our kids by birth who had come yeah. to us by birth. And, you know, we parented in a really traditional yes. Christian church taught yeah. manner. And, but we really were always leaning more toward our children's hearts and we cared a lot about the relationship. And so when we learned really a different way, we were mm-hmm. very drawn to it. And mm-hmm. yes, I think connected parenting is, is really for everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to jump in really quick and take a break from our episode to tell you about some of the services that I have to offer at Mending Families. I love to come alongside families and help them find healing and growth. And so if you are in a place where you're feeling frustrated, you are constantly anxious about parenting and am I doing this right? And maybe even just feeling like you're pulling your hair out because your kids don't seem to want to listen ever. Reach out to me. I love to come alongside families and help them with these very issues. So check me out at www.mendingfamilieswa.com and you can find all of my services, resources, everything that I have to offer right there on my website. Also, feel free to reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram or shoot me an email, melissa at mendingfamilieswa.com. And I would be happy to see if I can help. All right, back to our episode. Well, and that's one of the things I love about it too, is that it, no matter what your fam, how your family is made up and how your children have come into your home, TBRI is one that you can use with all, all, every child and yes. not just with your child who's been adopted or not just your foster child. Um, right. so, uh, but I, so, so going back to your, anything that you have produced, even your latest book, Reclaim Compassion, um, it's the, the subtitle is the adoptive parents guide to overcoming blocked care and neuroscience with faith. That's where I want to make sure that our listeners hear, like, if you see like, this is for adoptive families, no, like it is, but also <laughs> don't right. shy away. Right. And we did try to make that clear. I think this book, Reclaim Compassion, again, is really for everyone. It does have a stronger faith message running through it, but we're very clear that we want everybody to make use of the book, you know, but that we couldn't really write it ourselves without expressing our faith. Yeah. Because that's um, who you are. Yeah. And nobody would want you to not be you. Right. Right. And it was very specific for our people that we serve the most. And Mm -hmm. many of the people we serve are Christians, but not all, not Mm -hmm. all. And that's okay. We're we're so glad to have everybody. 
And mm-hmm. we also did write it specific to adoptive parents, but I will say it is in the works that I'm going to be writing a second book on block care, actually with a different co-author, which I'm not going to say yet. Yeah. Um, and it will not be adoption specific. And it actually okay. also, also won't be faith-based. That specific okay. book will not be. So we really want to reach the parents who are, you know, struggling with kids who have different kinds of neurodiversity, or maybe yeah. they or their child have some medical needs, or they've been yeah. through traumatic things that have really affected their ability to parent. Um, yeah. So basically, they've, you know, there are many, many reasons why yeah. a parent can struggle to just feel disconnected emotionally, you know, the way that um, Dan Hughes put it. And he's the one who first, he and John Balin were the first ones to coin the phrase blocked care. And he says, uh, when there's no reciprocity of relationship, the Mm. parent will continue to provide care, but their heart will sort of leave. And that's, that's really what what it feels uh, like. Black care is about. Yeah. Yeah. We keep doing what we're supposed to do but her heart just isn't in it anymore. Yeah. So can you talk about like what brought you and Melissa to wanting to write this book? Was it just the number of people that were asking these same questions? And Mm. actually it goes back to my blog and I think it was about 2010 when, um, I used to do these Tuesday topics every Tuesday Mm -hmm. and I would put the question out to my readers and people would send in all their answers in the comments. And then, then I would write my answer and someone sent me the question, what do I do if I don't like my child? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it kind of took my breath away because I thought, I don't think I can post that. But I also thought, you know what, this is an honest question, but it's real. And I understand it. So I posted it and truly so many responses flooded in unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So many over and over. I didn't think I could ever be honest about this. I didn't think anybody else felt this way. I feel so ashamed mm-hmm. that I don't just have these loving feelings, you know, over and over. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just tolerating my child till she turns 18. I want to give up, you know, these mm-hmm. kinds of things were coming in my heart. I just felt like, wow, we need somehow to encourage one another. And at that point, I didn't understand. I really didn't know about the nervous system. Now we were talking about the brain, you know, but I didn't understand about the whole nervous system and how it all works together. So I began teaching um, at conferences. I would teach a breakout called when your heart feels trampled. And I really just approached it from, okay, what do we do when this just does not feel good? It's not at all what we expected. It's harder. We don't know how to, to persevere. So I did that. And then Melissa and I were talking about it a lot. And then truly she called me one day and she was reading brain-based parenting by Hughes and Balin. Oh yeah. And she was like, Lisa, you got to listen to this. Mm -hmm. And she reads me their definition of block care. And I can still picture it. I was in this room, in my living room. And I started to cry because I said, that's there's it. Word, there's a name for it. Uh-huh. Like it made, it kind of helped some of the shame drop away mm-hmm. to even though mm-hmm. there was a name for it. It wasn't mm-hmm. that I was a terrible person or that I was choosing to not be loving. Mm-hmm. There was a name and there was a reason and it didn't have anything to do with my character or right. my faith. I wasn't a bad mom, Yeah, but my nervous system was protecting me yeah. from, from the really confusing interactions with my child. Yeah. So then where did the book come in? 
So then we started teaching about black care. Yeah. So we we started naming it and we started okay. teaching at different conferences yeah. about blocked care. And we thought, you know, we we probably really need to put this into a book. We used to, when we were just teaching it before we wrote it, we would give discussion questions and we okay. would ask people to discuss it when we were able to have people seated at tables. Yeah. And so we took some of that. I had we had both also been teaching for parents, like I had developed this teaching called Points of Joy that I had learned actually from Deborah Gray in her book, oh, Attaching cool. an Adoption. Yeah, 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 yeah. She called it something a little bit different. And yeah. also she was our therapist. Phenomenal. Okay. Like wow. such a gift. You got lucky. <laughs> you know, you know, I think that's part of why I felt such a responsibility to blog because I had access to the best adoption yeah. teachers ever. And yeah. I felt like I couldn't keep it to myself, you right? know? <laughs> So well, thank yeah, thank you for not giving yes. it to yourself. <laughs> so we wanted the book though to be gentle. Mm -hmm. We didn't want parents to feel like we were putting more on their shoulders mm -hmm. because parents are already working so hard. Mm -hmm. So what we wanted them to do is to understand what was happening in their nervous system in order to reclaim compassion for themselves yeah. and for their child. So the title Reclaim Compassion is not only about having compassion for their kids. It's about having compassion for themselves for too. Mm -hmm. And most of the book is about understanding what's happening in a very simple, like really simple neuroscience, understanding what's happening in your nervous system, in your mind, in your body. And then the bulk of the book is how to overcome that, how to heal your nervous system, mm -hmm. how to um, care for your your inner world, which is your, mm -hmm. your body and your mind, your mm -hmm. external world, like your senses, what's happening around you in your world. And then the last part was in your relational world. How do you have oh, yeah. life, your know, relationships with life-giving people? How do yeah. you do that? Who are your helpers? Who, and, and how in your really complex life, do you even make time for that? Yeah. And then the very last part of the book is how to connect really deeply with your child. And we okay. give people some somewhat new ideas for some people. Um, but we don't ask parents who are in blocked care, who are feeling like they can't go on to start by connecting with their child. Yeah. That comes at the end. Yeah. We look at us first. We have to look yeah. at us first. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we have to have capacity for this incredible work that we're yeah. doing. And we don't have it. If we if we're just completely burned out, we just don't mm -hmm. have it. I was wondering if you would like me for people listening to actually share the, what the definition is, how we define yeah, blocked care. Would please. that be helpful? Yes. Okay. So blocked care is a self-protective mechanism in the nervous system activated by excessive stress. Mm. This suppresses our higher brain functions needed for caregiving, causing a parent's nervous system to develop a defensive stance toward their mm. child. And we say, your heart seems to have left the relationship, but mm -hmm. there is good news. You can overcome this. And so when we talk about this, yeah, and there are different kinds of block care, but most often we're working with parents who are in, it have developed subconsciously a defensive protective posture toward one or more of their kids. So it's kind of yeah. child specific. And what we explain to parents is that, you know, we all have been learning for a long time about how our children's history has 
affected the way their brains have been wired. Yeah. That they are in a self-protective mode. They are hypervigilant. It's very, very frightening often for them to receive care. Yeah. And it's very difficult, as we know, for a child who has been harmed in relationship yeah. to then be open to receiving care and attachment in another relationship with another parent. It's really, really mm-hmm. hard. And so because of all these factors and so many others, the child can develop blocked trust mm-hmm. where, and this is also coined by Hughes and Balin, where they are in a protective stance toward the parent, toward the okay. caregiver. Yeah. And they don't, I mean, they don't trust us. And yeah. and why, and why should they? Yeah. given their history, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. And so there's something that's happening in our children where they're being very protective. And so here we come as the parents and we're just ready, you mm-hmm. know, to connect with these kids. And we start making these bids for connection, just very instinctive, natural things. And sometimes those are met with just complete resistance. Sometimes yeah. they're met with aggression. Yeah. And it's really confusing to a parent's brain because- our brains have this part that's very predictive. Like if I do this, then this will happen. Yeah, yep. Like we we predict. And mm-hmm. so when we go to be caring for our child or you know, do something in a caring way, our brain is predicting a positive outcome. Sure. Yep. But as that positive outcome doesn't happen, mm-hmm. eventually the brain gets a little confused. Mm-hmm. And then eventually the the nervous system starts to say, hmm this is not safe. Something's yeah. not right. I think you shouldn't do this. I think you yeah. should protect yourself. And again, completely subconscious. This is not yeah. rational. Yeah, you're thought. not aware it's happening. Yeah. No, but you can feel it in your body. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like when you have a child who's very aggressive, mm-hmm. you can feel in your body when you're trying to care for them, but inside you're like, you're tense. Oh man, I don't know yeah. how this is going to go. I don't know yeah. what's going to happen. And eventually we're, we're sort of like, I don't think I can keep doing this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And we know that the pain center in the brain that keeps us from touching the burning hot stove over uh-huh. and over and over is the same part of the brain that also uh, interprets emotional pain. Mm. And so just like that, our nervous system saying, don't touch that stove, don't touch that stove. Our nervous system will also tell us, stay away from the pain, stay away from the Mm -hmm. pain. And so we have to sort of heal our nervous systems and really, really take in the information to understand what is happening. And I think when the shame begins to drop away, then we're able to learn more. You know, when we're in shame, I think we, we just withdraw and we don't seek community. We don't, we become very cynical. Mm-hmm. about helpful ideas because nothing feels like it's ever yeah. going to work. Yeah. And um, so it's it's a gentle process, but mm-hmm. it is a powerful process. Well, and so it does start with us as the caregivers. If someone's listening and they're like, yes, I'm resonating. This is, mm-hmm. yes. Where do they start? Well, one of the first things parents can do is we have actually an assessment that parents can take. It just takes couple minutes. And we have, Melissa and I together have identified what we consider the 10 signs of block care. Okay. And this assessment takes the parents through these 10 signs and they have a chance to evaluate whether they ever experience this or they experience it mm-hmm. all the time. And it's available to your listeners at theadoptionconnection.com slash mending. Okay, so that's cool. the first place they can start. Okay. Secondly, 
they can get the book, Reclaim Compassion. Um, I do think it is a really great guide and it's, Mm -hmm. we recommend people read it on their own or read it with a group, you know, Mm -hmm. do it as, as group work. And then the other thing Melissa and I have is we have a Reclaim Compassion uh, private coaching group for helping parents overcome blocked care. And it's very rich and wonderful and um, incredible people. And people are all working together to overcome block care. And really, mm-hmm. you know, thing about block care is I think sometimes we get to the point we don't want to heal. Yeah. But the truth is there's something so much better. I think yeah. God wants something so much better for all of us than to mm-hmm. just stay where we are of mm-hmm. just wanting our kids to grow up and move out. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not abundant life, right? No. There's something so much more. And so, you know, we've got this whole group of parents and they're not just adoptive parents, actually. Okay. We have- yeah. Lots of different parents, and we have people who are who share our faith and people who don't. Okay, but parents working together to overcome black care, and it's really beautiful. Where can we find that community at? If they take the assessment, they mm-hmm. will get that information. But they can okay. also go directly to reclaimcompassion.com. Okay, and find the information on the coaching group. Awesome. Okay. Um, well, I just have two more questions for you because we are almost out of time already. Okay. I feel like this will be way too fast. Yes. Um, so the first question I have is what do you wish more people thought about when, before they started their journey of either fostering or adoption? I think one really important thing to do is ask yourself what deep in my heart, what is my motivation for this? Mm-hmm. And is it a strong enough motivation that will carry me through no matter how hard it gets. Mm-hmm. Like it can be very, very, very hard. And so yeah. we need to be clear about why the other important thing is take an honest, hard look at your family. You know, how's your marriage doing? Because yeah. I guarantee this is very hard on marriage. challenge. Yeah. You know, we see so many marriages fail. We really do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how is your own physical and, and mental, health, mental health, you know, mm-hmm. because if we're not in a good place going into this, it can really, there's so much depression, you mm-hmm. know, and we see some really desperate, sad things happen in families where they went into it thinking that it wouldn't tax them too much, but they were really already not standing on really solid ground. Yeah. Yeah. When they went into it. And then lastly, take a really hard look at the needs of your children and your family already. Yeah. If you already have children, um, you know, I've done a lot of work around the siblings and I've learned from my own mistakes mm-hmm. that I did not take a good enough look and I didn't really prepare my kids well enough and make sure that they had enough in place to find the support they needed when things became so difficult. Yeah. So, I mean, it's amazing. It's, yeah. it's an absolutely incredible thing mm-hmm. to foster and adopt. And we have done both. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, it, it needs to be the right time. Yeah. And, it's, and it may be that the idea has come into your heart and your minds now. And this is a great time to learn and lay the yeah. foundation and do respite for other people. Because yeah. I guarantee that if you have a heart for kids like this who have early adversity, there are parents who need you to come alongside them. I yeah. promise you. <laughs> right. And so you can try it, see yeah. how it feels, you know, yeah. and, yeah. and that will help you make good decisions. 
Yeah, that's good. The last thing is what would be three things you would recommend for families who are um, either already on their journey towards healing or realizing like, yeah, we got work to do. What would be three mm. things you'd recommend? Well, I think everybody needs a good therapist yeah. for themselves, for yeah. their kids. Um, I am training to become a Christian spiritual director. I think a spiritual director, if you're a person of faith is incredibly helpful Okay, because um, spiritual directors really help us um, sort out where God is moving in our lives and mm -hmm. help us really guide us along. They, they're our companion, you know, in this journey. So a therapist, a spiritual director, community, 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 do mm -hmm. not do this alone. Yeah. Just, just don't, don't do it alone. Find your people find, if you can find an in-person support group, yeah. wonderful. Um, we have a large, uh, free Facebook group, just the adoption connection It's okay. a free group. And there are lots of people in there talking about all different things. And we have some really smart moderators in there. Okay. Um, and then in our Reclaim Compassion group, that's where you can go deep with us. We have a phenomenal dad coach who works with us, who's a TBRI practitioner. That's amazing. A former pastor and an adoptive dad. And he we hear is about incredible. moms all the time. And so right. to have a dad right. be able to say, hey, dad's over here. Yeah, over <laughs> here. And he, he has a ton of wisdom. And yeah, we just appreciate him so okay. much. His name's Greg Ray. And so, yeah, find community and, and really... To all of the moms out there who have a partner, a husband, in at least in our group in Reclaim Compassion, we we made it so both parents can join at the same cost because we there is no okay. extra fee for a co-parent because we want okay. everybody doing the work to together. Join. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. Is there anything else that you think I miss that you feel like you want to make sure people hear? Um, the only thing I would say is I I marvel at your Instagram. You are amazing. You, you. I, I could never, never do all the very cool things you do. And I'm super impressed. So you're doing fantastic. Thank you. So everyone should go check out my Instagram. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You should definitely Yay, follow. If you're not already, out. yeah, if you're not already following <laughs> Melissa's Instagram, definitely do it. Thanks, Lisa. That's so You're sweet. Welcome. Okay. Well, thank you. I had so much fun and literally could sit here and talk to you all day. So we'll, we'll just too. be done for now. <laughs> yes. We need to get together in person. We just, I know don't we should, we are away. not that far away. So we need to make yeah. that happen. Okay. We do. We do. <laughs> all right. Thank you. There you have it. My interview with Lisa Qualls. As always, I have put all of the things that we talked about in the show notes. I have linked any of the specific books or topics that Lisa talked about just so that you can easily find all of the information right there. The show notes can always be found on my website, www.mendingfamilieswa.com. And at the top, you click the podcast link and it'll take you directly to my podcast webpage where you can find all of the former episodes, but show notes and all the things that we talk about today. Okay, you guys, next week is another Mondays with Melissa. It'll just be you and I sitting, chatting, having our coffee together. So come back next week because I really do look forward to the time that we get to spend together, just you and I. I'm so excited that you found this podcast and I hope you join me every week as you go through your own journey towards healing. One thing I truly believe in is that trauma awareness is so important to our future generations, and it starts with you.